Love that theme music. I swear I love that theme music, Monty. I'm looking for something new, though. Welcome, welcomes, greetings, and salutations. This is Living a Rich Life. I am your host, Rich James. Uh, here on Living a Rich Life talk show, we inform, inspire, and encourage each other to live the principles of the Living a Rich Life Network. Those principles are good health, strong relationships, financial freedom, goals and achievement, extraordinary experiences, and philanthropy. We all have a story, and today's guests are no different. These guests are inspiring, motivating, motivating, and good examples of living a rich life. So with that being said, let's talk about it. Our first guest is a portrait and editorial photographer based in Washington, D.C., her passion radiates through her aptitude to connect to the soul of those she uh, photographs. Her work centers on the intersectionality of race, culture, and politics from the White House to Capitol Hill and the communities in the Washington metropolitan area. She's an advocate for inclusive storytellers and storytelling, something I love, lecturing and leading uh, photography uh, organizations that works toward gender, racial, and social parity in the industry. Please welcome the talented, admired, and courageous Miss Sharice May. Thank you for having me, Rich. Uh, thank you for that wonderful introduction, too. Well, no problem. Thank, thank you for joining. And I have to say, I included um, the word encourage there because my team tells me that some time ago that you were actually in the White House during that crazy stuff that was happening there. Were you, were you actually there? You're talking about the Capitol incident? Capitol, the Capitol incident, yes. Yeah, so I was there. I was, um, I was working, uh, covering the commemoration, um, the commemorative vote ceremony um, that was going on there. Oh, wow. Wow. So I'm, I'm glad you, you, you're okay and glad to have you on the show here today. So let's, let's, let's get right into it. Um, so first, uh, tell, tell the folks uh, where you're from. I know where you're from, but tell, tell folks where you're from. I'm originally from Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, I live here in uh, the D.C. area. I've been, this is home. I've been here for, for a while now. I left Kansas City to come to school at Howard University. and um, I left. I can't say I never left. I left. I lived in Tennessee. I lived in South Jersey, but I came back to D.C. Ah, okay. Okay. Well, you went to Howard. I am a, a Morgan State. All right. HBCU love. A absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I won't hold that against you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so first and foremost, tell us, how did you get into photography? I think it was something that I was purposed to do. Um, I started out uh, in school. I was an advertising major 
and I was electronic studio minor, which is graphic design. And I had aspirations at that time to be um, in creative services and, and the advertising industry. And I thought that that's the direction my life would go. I ended up uh, working in uh, journalism with newspapers doing graphic design where I would um, lay out and design the pages. I would get the budget for the day, hear the stories that we have, okay. you know, edit photos, make that selection and just put it all together so that it's presentable, you know, in the, in the paper. Uh, photography was something that I always did um, on the side. It was something that I just love to do, but I never, well, uh, early on, I didn't see this as a career, um, something as a career. So I just continued to do it because I love to do it. And what happened was um, when I was working for USA Today, I got laid off. Um, I had been there for over 10 years and I got laid off and I decided to step out on faith and pursue what I was passionate about, which was photography. And I haven't looked back since. Ah, nice, nice. So again, like I said, my team, we, we do a lot of research on our guests. And one of the things that uh, one of my team members said to me was she built her own camera. <laughs> it, it, is that true? And, and when did that happen? I'll assume he was a little kid. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just, I, I did a, a shoebox camera. Okay. I, <laughs> I did that in high school. It was a part of just like an elective class I took in high school because I didn't pursue photography in a traditional sense of, you know, going to school, taking classes, or even going the journalism route, route in photojournalism. I, um, took this photography class and we made this shoebox camera, just brought like a shoebox from home and just made the camera where you just lift up the little flap and expose the film. And, you know, that's how we took the picture. And that, that was the first time, my first time working in a dark room and just kind of seeing that process and seeing it through. And I was like, okay, this is cool. So let me ask you this question. So what has changed from, you know, I, I guess because, you know, we're in a, a state now where you know, everything is digital, right? So the cameras are definitely, I, I remember Polaroids where you took, did you ever have one of those? I did. Yeah. I mean, those made a comeback, actually. They have. They have. Yeah. 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 But I don't think from a professional standpoint. Well, some, there's, there's some professionals who are using, they're incorporating Polaroids, you know, with other things. So, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, let's, let's start yeah. to get into the, to the, to the nitty gritty of things. Um, and before we do that, please share with folks your social media, how they can get in contact with you and see some of your work. Okay. My social media is really simple. It's my first and last name and that's C-H-E-R-I-S-S-M-A-Y. So if you just put that in there, my page will come right up. Or if you put it in Google, um, it'll come right up. And I would love to, to connect with anyone um, who wants to reach out to me there. All right, nice. Now, have you been influenced by other photographers? Oh, sure. And how, and how did they influence your thinking or, you know, your career path in terms of, you know, photographing? Yeah. So I would say, um, you know, there are those who are ancestors now who I've been influenced by. And there, there are those who are still living and there are those who are my friends um, and contemporaries. Um, for sure, Gordon Parks. Um, I just love how he told stories. And I loved how he entered into 
spaces and communities where you didn't really see people that look like us. Mm -hmm. So there were projects and there were stories that he worked on that put him right in the heart of places where I don't even know if people really came into contact with Black people, you know, within the situation. He's there in their homes, you know, photographing their daily life and just kind of doing the lifestyle, um, lifestyle images. And I just love how he told the story of Black people in the community um, with his work that he did in Harlem. And it just had such a, a dignity to it. And that's one thing that I really admire because I strive to in the work that I do is to show people's authentic self mm-hmm. and that I do this with humanity and dignity. So I really appreciate what that with him. I have a mentor, um, Fred um, Watkins, who is uh, still a photographer, still shooting. Um, he was actually a mentee of Gordon Parks and he worked for a long time for Ebony and Jet um, among, you know, among other organizations. And he has been really instrumental in uh, helping me throughout the way as I'm learning, as I'm going um, in this industry. Um, there are other photographers like Sheila Prebright, um, mm-hmm. who's a photographer who's out there, you know, doing a lot of work now. Um, there's Tony Mobley, um, you know, who's doing good work. Dee Dwyer in D.C. Um, Baltimore, we have uh, Devin Allen um, in Baltimore. Um, there are so many, so many photographers. Um, it's hard to um, uh, to list everyone. Right. But, you know, it's I get inspired by just sometimes on Instagram, just seeing some of the work and some of the stories that um, people are producing. I'm like, wow, that was really great. I'm inspired by my students. You know, I teach at Howard as an adjunct. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, my students inspire me as well. Nice. So in, uh, a few things you mentioned is, uh, in terms of shooting. What, what do you enjoy shooting the most and, and why? You know, that varies. Uh, I love where photography takes me in terms of the variety of stories I'm able to work on and the different people that I'm able to meet. Because I I think, I guess if I look at it, I probably enjoy the most um, when it's people. Okay. When I'm able to connect with people, when I'm able to talk to them and hear their story. Um, That's what I enjoy probably the most. So where that is changes in terms of the spaces, like it could be political or it could be, you know, social, it could be um, activism, you know, that's going on um, that I've, I've covered um, a lot of that, especially um, last year. Um, It's just, I love to, I think what I would say is I really love showing people doing what they're passionate about. So while they're in the midst of doing something that they're passionate about, because to me, that's when you're going to get someone's authentic self, because this is something that they really love to do. So they're not, they're not worried about everything else that's going on over here. They're just focused on, you know, this is what, this is what I'm doing. This is what I love to do. And I love to capture that and to be able to show that and project that. And I'd say also that I love showing people just how powerful they are. Because I'll hear a lot, like, you'll hear people say, oh, I don't take good pictures. 
or oh, you know, yes. that kind of thing. And I like to show people that no, yes, you do. It to me, it's always the people who say I don't take good pictures that I get the best pictures of. Mm-hmm. You know? So they so do they come like so I, I know it's like maybe activists, it's more uh uh candid shots, maybe. Um but I'll assume that also, you know, folks come to you for a studio appearance. So how do you make people feel comfortable? Those type of folks that say, hey, I don't take good pictures. How do you make them feel comfortable? Talk to them. Just talk to I them. Think, I think that would be like probably the number one things. And the other thing is music. I love music. A lot of people, you know, love music. So mm-hmm. when I turn music on, it just transforms the energy in the room. And, you know, all of a sudden people are more relaxed and they're like, okay, I can, you know, let's do this. Because now, it's like the music is there and they're not so hung up on themselves because we, and you often hear this, like we're our worst enemies. So mm-hmm. I think we build things up so much like, Oh, I can't do this. Oh, I'm terrible. Oh, I take, and I believe in the power of words. So if you keep telling yourself that, then you're going to act accordingly. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I definitely understand that. Uh, my, my photographer, may, may he rest in peace. Uh, Timothy Christmas he used to, you know, again, I, I like a, a, a little drink every once in a while. So if I had a photo shoot, hey, you want some wine and whatever the case is. And next thing I know, I'm not the one that says, hey, I don't look good, but take good pictures. But that's was his way. Just, you know, he would talk to me, put some music on mm-hmm. and incorporate a little glass of wine. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's well, my condolences. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you. Um, so have you ever dealt with, uh, you know, difficult clients? And tell us, how did you kind of deal with, with those situations? Yeah, I think, um, you know, every situation is not going to be the best. But I also believe in making the best out of what you have and where you are. Um, so for me, if there's some initial resistance, you know, I just try to be myself and just talk to people and just... If I, if I feel like they need space, then give them that space. It's like, I'm really trying to, I would say that um, I'm an empath. So I feel deeply. And in that, you know, you kind of, you can feel that, that the energy is off or, you know, people are feeling a certain kind of way. Um, <laughs> most recently I had, I was doing um, some headshots and uh, there was one lady who said um, she came and her lip was just like hanging down and she looked mad. And I was like, OK, in my head, I was like, oh, boy, <laughs> you know, because how am I going to get her to smile for this picture? Because I don't want her to look mad, you know, right, right. Headshot. and so she sat down. I was like, good morning. How are you? And she was like, not good. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, well, you know, what's wrong? You know, what's the problem? He's like, I'm just irritated. And so, <laughs> so I was like, oh, I said, well, you know, I hope that your your day gets better and whatever, you know, irritated you that, you know, you're able to overcome that. And so I just started talking to her about something else to try to take her mind off of it. And by the time, you know, I hit the shutter button, you know, she was smiling. We <laughs> were able to move past that. Okay. So, so let's let's talk about some of um, again. Like I said, we like to do research, and 
you're a pretty established photographer, right? I mean, you've been published in Old Magazine, um, you know, the White House website, um, and, you know, across the board, the Today Show, I believe they told me, um, People Magazine, um, New York Times. What was, what was that like to um, have that experience? I mean, each of those things are, they're different experiences, but I, I feel incredibly blessed um, to have those opportunities. And um, so I'm thankful, you know, for those opportunities. It always, you know, it feels good to be able to pick something up tangible and look at it and see like, oh, that's my work. Like, you know, that's, that's there. So, you know, that, that does feel good um, to see that. Um, so I'm just thankful when I have those opportunities to just do what I love. Yeah. And that's what it really comes down to. It doesn't, doesn't seem like work when you're doing what you love. Yeah, for sure. It doesn't. I, I got to tell you, when I first got started on this whole uh, internet radio hosting and building my thing, it, it didn't, I just start, I just loved it. Yeah. Just loved it, you know? So I, I definitely know what you mean. I definitely know what you mean. That's, that, that's amazing. So do you have a favorite portrait? Hmm. Oh, gosh. I know you're probably taking so many pictures. Right? Yeah, I have favorite portraits. I mean, Prince. yeah, it, it's multiple in. Okay, multiple's okay. Yeah, for different reasons. Um, there's one that, you know, there are a lot of memorable ones. I'm like, okay, I'll never forget this. Because I look at it as, I have an exhibit up now called um, Sharice May's Soul Connection. So uh-huh. for me... It's good, about- good segue. It's good segue. No, good segue because <laughs> I was getting there. Soul connection. Yeah. So tell us about soul connection. So soul connection is basically that. It's that connection that was made while I was, you know, taking someone's portrait, or I was at this particular event, or you know, things like that. So I would say um, one of those images is one of uh, my Angelou, um, Dr. Angelou. Um, and we had a, this is someone that I grew up like reading her poetry and just admiring her for the storyteller that she is. Yes. So to be able to now be in front of her, you know, to take her picture and to document this moment, um, you know, with her, it just, it still gives me goosebumps. Like I still get chills, you know, thinking about it. And Soul Connection is, I can look at any of those images and remember it like it was yesterday. Nice. What that moment was. Nice. How I felt in that moment. You know, what was said? What was the conversation? You know, what was the feeling? Um, so that's why I said I can't really say like one particular one, <laughs> one, but there, you know, there are multiple portraits, you know, that that do that for me. And I think that um and that. That's for sure one of those. And, and, and again, so you mentioned storytelling. Um, one of my team members asked the question, what kind of stories are you trying to tell in your portraits? And I, I, I've noticed something before you answer that. Photographers call them portraits. The layman, like myself, yeah, I'm going to take a picture. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. There's, there's a difference. So, well, so what kind of stories are you trying to tell in, in your portraits? You know, Rich, I always say um, 
So I start and end my day the same way with prayer. And so I always say in my prayer, let me be led to those stories that I'm supposed to tell. Let me connect, you know, with those people and those stories um, that I'm supposed to tell. Because I believe that, I believe in purpose in in doing things. I believe in purpose in uh, storytelling. So it can, again, it's the variety. So it could be a political story. A lot of what's going on now politically um, is the fight for voting rights. Um, so that's that's like a big story that I've been doing, um, you know, many assignments and, and things about. And we have the upcoming uh, March on Voting Rights that's nationwide on Saturday. So, you know, you have that. And then there's stories that, um, stories that actually are meaningful. Um, there was a story I did on food insecurity in this area. That one was a really important story to me because, you know, personally, you know, it, it breaks my heart to, to see that, especially in a country as rich, you know, as we are, that there are people who are food insecure. Um, and it's, it's a lot of times the most vulnerable in, in children and older people. This, this, this is true. Good, good point. So earlier we were talking about uh, before we got on, we was talking about selfies. <laughs> you know, you knew it was coming. You knew it was coming, right? I, I've mastered the selfie thanks to my daughter. Okay. What What do your selfies look like? You, you might I think you might need to give me some tips. Uh, <laughs> I I am not the best selfie taker. I I really, you know, it's. I'll put it this way. I can do it, but I can't do it as quick as I can take pictures of other people. Okay. And, I, and it's probably because I'm probably over overthinking it. But um, yeah, it's so funny and, and trying to take those selfies. And I guess what it what it comes down to as well is I'm so used to being behind the camera. So to put myself in front of the camera on the other side. It's just, you know, something a little different and I have to to get used to it and relax and open up as I tell, you know, other people when I'm doing any studio work. Right, right. <laughs> that, that's funny. <laughs> so uh, as, as I was talking earlier um, and, you know, this happens all the time. I'm ready to get back in the studio. Everybody knows that. My team knows that. My producer knows that. Everybody knows because um, it's all about the lighting, right? So, so I, I know there's that natural light versus studio light. That's, I, I know that now because I've experienced both. I just want to come in, host the show, say thank you, feed folks, and be out. <laughs> so do you have any examples that you can show us some of your work, you know, that natural light versus studio light that you can share with us? Now, I see some artwork behind you there. I see so is that portraits you've taken oh yeah um yeah that's portraits i've taken uh the one over my shoulder the dancers that's that's at a howard homecoming okay that's the north carolina a&t golden delight um dance team and uh so this is one where that's natural light you know there was no no studio light there it was just the sunlight you know from that day um, what do you think is better, studio studio light or the natural light? 
It's different for different reasons. Like I can't even like say what is better. Well, share, right? What you want your yeah. excellent thoughts. I love um so granted, I love being able to use like natural or available light to you know get those portraits, but at the same time, you know, I've created some portraits where I was using studio light. And and those came out like there were some power portraits um, that I created. Um, working with the NAACP for a voting campaign they were doing. And with that, I was using studio light. <laughs> so, and those were called power portraits. So, you know, there's ways where you can use studio light to, um, you know, manipulate manipulate the light for different, um, different moods and um, different things you're trying to communicate. Um, you can do the same thing with natural light as well. Um, the other portrait that's behind me, is one I took of Michelle Obama. And uh, that one was with available light as well. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, I, I see. And I believe, because folks just got, I, I can't tell you, folks got so excited. They're like, oh, she took pictures of the Obamas. Is that Michelle Obama? I said, I said that, is a, that is a very nice picture. That is a very Thank nice you. picture. Um, and uh, and it, it's, it's just amazing how a camera can tell a story. Um, it, it, it's very powerful. Pictures are powerful. You know, they, they are powerful, especially when they, they come out as nice as the ones that, that you take. So, you well, know, I appreciate that. Thank you. You're, you're definitely an expert in your craft, and um, we, we appreciate that. So, question for you Do you use, as I know some photographers use some type of software for editing? Is that something that you, you you do as well? Yeah, so, and it, again, it depends on what I'm working on. When I'm doing photojournalism work, then I'm using a combination of something called photo mechanic um, with Adobe Lightroom. Okay. Yeah, and, so and those are the two primary um, that I'm working with. I'll use Photoshop if I need to, if I'm doing studio work where I need to do, um, you know, advanced editing, then I'm bringing that into Photoshop. Okay. I, I recently met a young lady, so I have an event coming up, um, and she was showing me some of her work, mm -hmm. and she actually, she, the pictures were, were pretty good. They was good. They were amazing. And she actually removed the tattoo. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, wow, you can, you can do that, huh? You can do just about anything with software these days. <laughs> that's, that's the dangerous thing with software. Right, right, right. How things can be manipulated. And so that, that's one of the things in when we talk about um, photojournalism, that we're not doing all that to manipulate um, mm -hmm. images. What you see is what you get. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, so those that are just joining and tuning in, we are speaking with... Sharice May, photographer extraordinaire. Um, she went to Howard U. Won't hold that against her for my Morgan Knights, but HU and HBCU. You and, we're know. <laughs> and we're talking all things portrait. Let's be clear. We're not saying pictures, we're saying portraits. Um, so I, I want to ask this question that, that came through. How, how does it feel to return back to Howard University as an adjunct professor? It's beautiful. A good feeling. Yeah, it's, it's, be it's a beautiful feeling. 
before I started teaching at Howard, I was teaching at University of Maryland College Park. So Howard poached me <laughs> from Maryland and said, come on back home. Can you come back home? Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't look back. Like if it, it feels good to be in this place where I learned so much and I came into who I am, you know, learning and growing as an adult, leaving home for the first time mm-hmm. and um, coming back there and being able to pour into, you know, that the next generations, um, being able to encourage students about the power of their voices and the power of their stories. And I just love, you know, being able to um, encourage them to use their voices. That's what's up. I love it. Facts. Tell us more about Soul Connection. How how can folks see your you know, your Soul Connection, your art display? May, may I call it art display? Sure. Art display exhibit, all of that. The Soul Connection exhibit. That's the word I was looking mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, Sharice May Soul Connection is at the Leica Gallery in Los Angeles, California. Um, oh, you are bi-coastal. Okay. <laughs> so okay. It, is, um, it is up now. It went up on May 1st and the last day so far, because it's been extended twice. So the last day at this point is September 6th. Nice, nice. Very, very nice. Don't think I'm getting to California anytime soon, but uh, well, I'll have I'll have something here in DC um, really really soon. Excellent, excellent. That kind of takes us into uh, what's what's next for Sharice May. What what is next? Yeah, and I definitely expect and hopefully get an invitation to that because I will definitely. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's no question. All right. So, so um, what's next for Sharice May? Yeah. So we have. Um, it's an upcoming exhibit here in DC. Um, I'll give more detail when, you know, get when, closer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but then there is, uh, we have Photoville that's happening in New York. Um, the opening is September 18th and I'm part of an exhibit with the Schomburg there, um, uh, with the New York public library, Schomburg center. Um, now all those things, East Coast, you let me know about okay. things like that. Yeah, East Coast is, is easy. I'm a native New Yorker. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, this is um, Photoville is an outdoor um, like photo celebration with the mm-hmm. exhibits. They have um, <clears throat> these outdoor exhibits all across the city um, in New York. It's at nine eighteen. I see nine eighteen. Am I? It's also around my birthday time. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta plan accordingly. Yeah, yeah. I, I gotta plan accordingly. So, but Rich, down the line, what's going? What I'm working on now is I'm working on my first book. So that's something that, um, you know, I recently, a friend of mine gave me a uh, gift certificate to get a journal because she said you need to journal. Do you journal? And I don't really. Well, I didn't. I do now. And um, I got this journal, and I've been writing my first book. Nice. Yeah. So my, my publicist said I should start writing a journal. Mm-hmm. Some days I, I 
I'm not even motivated to do things. I mean, it's, it's maybe I will. There's a book in the making of us all, but I, I think that's a good idea. You'll have your pictures in it and tell, I think that'd be awesome. That'd, yeah. that'd be awesome. I'm, I'm working on Soul Connection, the book. Ah, okay. I'm picturing that. Excellent title. I'm picturing that. I am picturing that. So, Miss May, tell us, I think everyone has one of these. What is your superpower? Oh, wow. Um, I think my superpower is letting people know just how, showing people just how powerful they are. Mm. And for me, that inspires me because just to, to show people that, to let them see themselves as I am seeing them and as others see them, but they don't see, they haven't seen themselves. It's a powerful thing. And, um, you know, when I was in California for the opening of my exhibit, I met some people for the first time. And, you know, sometimes I'll just get like inspired to take portraits of people. And there were some people I met at a um, 4th of July um, like event at someone's home I had just met when I went out there. And um, I met some people there and took their portraits. And a couple of people cried when I showed them themselves. And I, I just remember one lady was like, I've never seen myself like that. Wow. And that just like, it touched me. I was like, wow, you're going to make me cry in here. But I think a lot of what inspires me is if I am, when I am able to connect, to show people just how beautiful and powerful they are. So I would say that's my superpower. Okay. All right. Question for you. So one, what would you tell uh, someone that's inspiring to be a photographer? What advice would you give them? Yeah. And that's, uh, there are steps and levels to that. Um, I I definitely would say um, study it. Uh, look at those who their work resonates with you and, you know, see, see what they're working on, you know, what they're doing, get a good mentor um, or mentor mentors, but, you know, just um, it's really about community. So if you have a good community, then you're able to seek advice, you know, for certain things, because if this is something new to you, then you need advice navigating um, in the industry. And, um, you know, just invest in yourself. So investing in yourself means, you know, classes, workshops, portfolio reviews, um, reading up on technology, uh, learning the software that you need to know and work with and um, getting a good website so you're able to have your portfolio online because you're going you're gonna to need to be able to show people your work. Right. And, right. you know, that will help you to, to get work and to continue um, doing work. Yeah, the one, the one thing that I made sure before we, you know, we, we had this interview, the names that you mentioned in terms of photographers that you were influenced by or you look up to. So... One or two of them I, I knew okay. already. The other ones, 
they were, you know, new to me because again, I just did some some research on that, and it's amazing how you can you can always tell uh, in terms of, you know, my, my mother say, hey, if you want to be a plumber, put yourself around master plumbers, right? Whatever it is you want to do, and some of the names that you you rattled off, and then I was definitely glad to hear Devin's name. Mm-hmm. He's yet to get on the show, but you know, I, I see him out and about at, at different events. And um, I was glad to hear his name because, again, I think you've, you've mentioned an all-star cast of photographers, and, and rightfully so, you are definitely one that should be in there based on what I've seen. I appreciate it. Um, what, to, what motivates you to continue, um, continue taking pictures, you know, economically, politically, intellectually, emotionally? What, what keeps you motivated to do that? Yeah, and I, I think emotionally is a big thing because. Um, I had said this earlier that um, I know this is my purpose. Mm -hmm. So when you know your purpose, it's like you're just full, full steam ahead, you know, working, working within that. And that's what it is for me is like knowing that this is my purpose. You know, my passion is my purpose. And so I'm going to continue to do those things that live you know, live in that and exemplify that. And because that's something that inspires me. It's something that I love, you know, waking up and and going to do, you know, there's nothing like going, you know, going to a job where you wake up like, (laughs) let me motivate myself to get up and drag myself to the car and here we go again. What's going to happen today? Like, you know, that's the worst. And I, you know, I just feel blessed that, you know, I'm, I'm not getting up saying, oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand. Um, tell, tell us something about, because I know you're a, a board member. Uh, I believe it's called Focus. Focus, Focus on, on the Story. Yes, tell us, tell us about that. Mm-hmm. So Focus on the Story is an organization that is about storytelling. And so um, it's centered around this photo festival that happens every year, but there's programming that happens uh, throughout the year that's in support of storytellers and storytelling. Um, It's based here in uh, Washington, D.C. And, um, you know, with COVID, we couldn't do a lot of things in person uh, this year nor last year. Um, so there were, this year, there was a combination of in-person and virtual because there were some things that we were able to do, um, you know, in person, but it's just different things from, you know, bringing subject matter experts, um, to talk about everything from studio lighting to, uh, photojournalism to working with natural light to, um, you know, what makes a good story. So there's programming that happens throughout the year um, to support that. Okay, okay. And then there's another, um, folks is handing me stuff left and right. Um, (laughs) You are uh, a past president of Women Photojournalists of Washington? Mm -hmm. WAPAL, Women Photojournalists of Washington. How do you pronounce it? WAPAL? WAPAL. Pow, pow. Yeah, so that organization is um, in support of women who are in the photojournalism space and industry because um, 
pretty much that industry is uh, white male dominated. Mm -hmm. So uh, this organization is one that is a support to women, you know, who want to do this work, who are in those spaces. Because, I mean, still today in those spaces, you know, it's not a lot of us um, at all. From oh okay, in terms of photography and, and in terms of women doing women. it, in terms of black people, in terms of black women, um, you know, there are times where I'm the only one, and it shouldn't, you know, that shouldn't be, it shouldn't be like that. Oh wow, wow. Well, you know, that's that's interesting. I think there's, I know quite a few female um, black female photographers and some of them are they're pretty good and maybe this is also an opportunity for them to um you know and, and i don't know if you're into mentoring but i think that's a big piece when it comes to us as a collective just kind of win-winning you know what i mean i think just as a collective as black people um one we can all win you know i'm, I'm not the first person in oh for in sure video, you know you're not the first person in photography and those that want to when I, I definitely like to connect you with some folks that could probably use some of your your expertise, your guidance, and things of that nature. Yeah, we, you know, I often will say that, um, you know, it's I want to get beyond first, and let's get to fourth, fifth, sixth. You know, it's to me, it's like how long are we going to say, oh, they're the first this, you know, the first black woman, you know, it's like. Yeah. 2021, like we should be <laughs> on the first. Oh, yeah, yeah. We we we're, we're past we're past those. We should be past those, right? Oh, I can tell you, I can go on and on for days. <laughs> I go on and on for days, but but I'll, I'll keep that to a limit. Um, one of, one of the questions I always like to ask my guests, um, you know, in, in closing, so to speak, is what does living a rich life mean to you? When you hear the term living a rich life, one, what was your first thoughts and what does that mean to you? My first thoughts are living a life uh, with purpose, living a life within your passion. You know, sometimes people ask the question, like, what is success? What do you consider to be successful? And I equate that to be, what do you consider to be a rich life? And to me, that's doing those things, uh, doing that that you love doing, that you're passionate about. Like you said earlier, Rich, um, it's those things that it doesn't feel like work because you love doing it. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's a rich life when you're able to, to live that out. Absolutely. 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 I love it. Real easy. It's real easy. Some folks, but I got to tell you, I, I did a survey and, and I asked the different range, age range and, Got some very interesting responses. Um, and that's kind of where I summed it up for my, my principles of living a rich life. You know, good health, relationships, and uh, extraordinary experiences, financial freedom, all those things kind of roll up as far as I'm concerned that lead to my, um, it's part of my happiness and, and part of what, you know, living a rich life is. So, yeah, I'm being passionate again, like you said, not. When you get up, it's not work, you know. It's just yeah. like, hey, this this is what I'm doing, and yeah, I'm I'm okay with doing it. I'm okay with doing it. So, I love doing it. Yeah, yes, yes, and and then some, and then some. <laughs> yeah, 
So uh, one of my folks asked this question, um, how do you market your work? And I, I, I only think because I think that they're inspiring to be a, a photographer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, I said, my, I'm no photographer, but I said, the first thing is you probably want to get a camera, <laughs> 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 right? Get a real camera. Yeah. Can't, can't take everything with a Samsung. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's that. And it's also, um, and I spoke about this um, earlier in terms of when you asked the question, like if somebody is aspiring, you know, to do this work, like what advice do you have for them? Um, you need to uh, show your work. Uh, you need to put it out there because if no one sees it, then they don't know, you know, that you're there and that you're doing this work. So um, that would be having a website and keeping that website up to date. Like, you know, you have to just like you're on IG, you know, putting those posts and everything. You have to, you know, keep your keep your website with updated material and content um, as well, you know, on that. Okay. Um, you know, there there are other things that factor factor into that, but you know, that's one thing in terms of marketing. Uh, personally, for me, um, a lot of mine has been word of mouth. Uh, so it's been from work that I've done, and then people sharing that. You know, there's nothing like someone saying, "Do you know someone you know who does it? Or who can you recommend?" Yes, because yes. then that's a personal, you know, this is someone I worked with and this is what they did for me, you know. Um, so those I find have been my most lasting um, relationships to do continual, um, you know, work with. But um, website joining organizations mm -hmm. that are, you know, related to what you want to do because right. they're. They're good sources of not only support, but inspiration and networking. Like yeah, networking is important in, in marketing that because as you talk to people, they may know of something, you know, an opportunity or something, and then you can connect to it that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, I was trying to kidnap you for a few more because my next guest, uh, she's in she's in fashion. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's in you know in fashion and photography. Yeah, it go hand in hand, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that 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 you know this this, this wasn't done by accident. It's, it's always a method to my madness. Although Monty might not agree, um, but but that's okay. Um, so we're gonna see if she's on and see if you can maybe get some time to to hang out and and, and maybe you could uh, stick around with us. So let me real quick. So Monty is uh. Lena on a, is she in is she in the waiting room? Okay, so she's not there yet, but we'll 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 we can keep going. We can keep going. Is that you all right with that? Yeah, I have some time. Okay, all right, good deal. So tell me what's so what's your what's your method or your process when okay, so you have an event or there's something happening, an activity is happening in the world. Let's just say from a political standpoint. Um, what's your method? or process to get ready for that event, so to speak. Does, does, that, does that question make sense to you? Because I have a... Yeah, sorry. Okay, perfect. Go, yeah, ahead. go ahead. No, no, because yeah. I have a... There's a method to my madness before a show, right? And, and and Monty can tell you. I'm like, hey, how's my lighting? Is my hair? You know, I got to... <laughs> you know, 
there's, there's somewhat a method, uh, again, getting the questions together. My team is always, you know, they throwing stuff at me and then I got to be, make sure they quiet because now I'm in, in the house for the ones that come over here and everything else. So there's a method to my madness in preparing for the show. So I'm saying when you're getting ready, preparing for a shoot, of course, you check your equipment all in case. Oh, what does sure. your process look like? Yeah, and, and a lot of that preparation happens the night before um, because you got to make sure that the batteries are charged up. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure that the camera's still working. <laughs> I, 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 look, I laugh before you continue. I laugh because one time I didn't have my laptop charged. And um, so I'm on here not paying attention. And but guess what? Monty's to the rescue. <laughs> he, he wound up talking to my guest and everything yeah. wound up and it was a really good interview but but, you, had a back, you had a backup plan you had a, uh, a plan in case something happened on your end and and that that's some of too what the preparation is is um kind of that backup so you have mm-hmm. backup batteries um you have backup cards memory cards um is making sure the laptop is charged up you know, if it's one, if it's if it's an assignment where I need to take, you know, take the laptop with me, I'm not all the time taking that. So it de- it depends on what the job calls for, what the assignment calls for, because it's different, different things to prepare and to be ready for. But the universal things are batteries, making sure the batteries are charged up, making sure the camera and you know, everything is operational. Um, just making sure you have um, that I have whatever flash, if it's a flash that I need or if I need studio lights, um, if I have that. Um, making sure that I have my charger for my phone. <laughs> That's like a, a major thing that I try, you know, depending on if I'm not going to, if I'm going to be out and not near an outlet, then having that um, portable battery pack, you know. Do you, you take pictures with your phone? I have. I have in a in a pinch, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was during times where I wasn't I wasn't necessarily out on assignment for something, and I was just out somewhere, and something happened, and then the camera became came the tool that I I mean the phone became the tool that I used. iPhone or Samsung? iPhone. Oh, okay. I'm about to say we're about to end this interview real quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I made all that up. I made all that up. So. Well, I, I do want to thank you for joining. I, for I sure. didn't want to have both of you on, but, you know, sometimes you just got to keep it moving. That's the world that we live in, radio, TV. Sometimes things just happen. Um, but I enjoyed the conversation. I did, too. Uh, I look forward to uh, what's next for Sharice May. And um, be, uh, I'll be in touch. Stay in touch. Well, I, I thank you for having me on. And, um, you know, I thank you all again. Um, everybody, Monty Rich, and everyone will be exposed radio um, for hosting me this today. I was gonna say this evening, but I don't know where people. If it's evening, where some people oh, are. Oh well, we're all over the world. We yeah, that's why. Radio, so yeah. Like, Let me not say evening, but today. Um, thank you for having me and the opportunity to you know share some of my story. Well, absolutely, and I'll end with saying, uh, keep doing your thing, Queen. And uh, continue to inspire others, continue to be inspired, and uh, continue to be inspired to live a rich life. Thanks for joining. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. All right. 
we're going to keep this thing rolling. Uh, as my second guest, whenever she uh, decides to join. Um, but quick uh, shout out to um, Serenity House. There's going to be a play featuring Shirley Murdoch. So that should be pretty awesome. Um, Serenity House. Yeah, it's going to be featuring a good friend of mine, Dawn Lewis. She's uh, Dawn Lewis. Dawn Taylor. Look, I'm reading names and everything else. She's going to kill me for that. Lord have mercy. She's going to kill me for that. But uh, Dawn Taylor is going to be in Serenity House. I was going to thank you, Dawn. Um, Dawn Lewis is the one that played Jaleesa from different, a different world. Somebody talking to me? Me, I'm talking to Ken. You here? Oh, okay. All right, so we're going to give Miss Lene Ray a few more minutes to join. Her name is Lana Ray. Lana, Lana, Lana Ray, Lana. Oh, good. Saying, um, Dawn Taylor, I mean, Dawn Lewis is Jaleesa from A Different World. Wait a minute. Let's see here, because I can't What's hear. What's your speakers? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. I was saying that Don Lewis is Julissa from a different world. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. I knew the name sound familiar. That was a good show, by the way. Yeah. Her name different Lana. world. Yeah, Lana Ray. All right. So is Lana available yet? She in the room? You're really low. Am I really low? Well, you're a little better now. Uh, yeah, I would say I was facing away from the mic. Here I am. Oh, hello? Come here. Oh, okay. Well, you was loud for a second. Give Lana Ray. Lana is our second guest, stylist, fashion and lifestyle expert, brand, brand influencer, creative director, all things fashion mm-hmm. and TV and commercial. She is the idea bringer to lifer. Yeah, I used to cover her a lot. So we're going to introduce her. Strong and powerful. Mm-hmm. I used to cover her a lot. I, uh, I covered a lot of her events. I knew it was Lana. You know, I can tear up a name. Give a few minutes. In the meantime, what's happening in the world? Um, So I don't know about you guys, but I did mention this whole crate challenge, which is probably the dumbest thing in the world I've I've heard of. (laughs) First of all, where are you getting all these crates from? That's the first thing. And then I hear there's a, a, a scholarship challenge where, again, this is all TikTok. I don't subscribe to TikTok, but I got to say it's some funny stuff. <laughs> some real funny stuff. Crazy. Has anyone tried the, the, the crate challenge? If you try the crate challenge, let me know how that went out, how that worked out for you. I did see a woman do it in heels. So... I tell you, she did it in heels. I don't know what she was thinking, but she went from the bottom to the top and back down and didn't fall. But pretty painful, some of the things I've seen, but 
Hey, to each his own. To each his own. All right. Lana Ray. Is she in the waiting room? If not, we're going to keep it moving. Okay. Well, let's see what's happening on the IG. What's happening on the gram? <laughs> I love it. I love it. My good friend and former guest, Kalia Wright has a new shirt. Shorty, pull your mask up and get back to school. I love it. It's delivering a message, messing the bottle. I love it. What else is happening on the gram? I don't get to do this too much. This is pretty dope. Um, okay. Raven Paris still doing her thing. Another former guest of mine. Be Exposed Radio. We get all the best guests. There's, there's nothing like it. That's why it's BeExposedRadio.com. I love it. Oh, we have attorney Sakina Tillman. Another one on my guest. We, we do all types of folks. We do entertainment. We do legal uh, we do, uh, again, more specifically, musicians, comedians. We do the promoters. We get it in. Living a rich life here on Be Exposed Radio is what we do. It is what we do. So we're going to um, keep things moving. Unfortunately, I'm not sure what happened to Lana Ray, um, but it just gives us a little more time, extra time. Again, if we got any commercials we need to run, um, but this Serenity House is directed by Dr. Gregory Branch, and they're performing Friday, 27th, 7 p.m., Saturday, August 28th, noon and 7 p.m., and Sunday, 29th at 5 p.m., Serenity House. So you can Google it. It's going to have um, Shirley Murdoch. Yes. So before we go to any commercials, uh, just to give you that, that little tidbit there. All right. Can you see that? Can you see that? Yeah. We're going to go to commercial break, pay some bills and things of that nature. Um, so stick with us. Are y'all familiar with Shirley Murdoch, by the way? She was good. She was good. All right. So we'll be right back. More BeExposedRadio.com, Living a Rich Life talk show. We're going to go to commercial. We'll be right back. Hey, y'all. It's your girl B here with another episode of the B Mix right here on BeExposedRadio.com. You already know what Thursday nights at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time are for. Only for everyone. The unseen, the unheard, the forgotten, the overlooked, whether you've forgotten part of you or for the person that just doesn't belong anywhere. The me, me. So, y'all know all this month, the month of August, we've been talking about divorce it. Get into this week, divorce being so hard on yourself. I'll see you Thursday night at 8. 
can train and certify over 10,000 students in 10 years. We can renovate over 10,000 houses in 10 years. This is the inner city trade school project sponsored by Get With The Program. It's our time and it's our turn. I feel like once we address, once we address the needs of the students, we can ensure that they'll be successful in the program. The, the, the main idea is to know the safety of the program. Do Black Lives Matter? Yes. yes. We're going to show you how much Black Lives Matter because we have a solution to the problem. This school will help change the mindset of our young Black men. And that's what we're trying to do, bring pride back to our community. Substance use, pain and management, um, mental health. So here at the inner city trade school, that's what we're uh, trying to build. That's what we're trying to create, an environment for our people to thrive. Train your damn stupid nigga. Well, he might could have said nincompoop. We ain't no nincompoop. Here I come. Here I come. Open it. We're gonna play for you our first tune. It's called. Let's start what we have come into the room to do. Right on. Here goes. to make a grand entrance. I know who you are. The angel who hunts down those who trespass against him with no mercy. with 
I'm so happy um, to see one of my beautiful host family members today. Um, I want to get back on the station, but I definitely want to run my ad for my business on the Exposed Radio. They are um, attached to so many different businesses and great entities here in the city. If you have a business, you definitely want to put your business out there, commercial, shout out, anything. It's part of one of the great shows that's going to be on the Exposed Radio. Welcome back to Living a Rich Life. Uh, we're going to get it going. Our second guest uh, is available now, and I will apologize. I think we got mixed up on the time. Um, we did. Well, so we'll, we'll it, nah, that's all right. It's all right. It's all right. So our second guest here on Living a Rich Life um, is a stylist, fashion and lifestyle expert, brand influencer, creative director, fashion producer, um, she is an idea bringer to lifer. Uh, what else did they want me to say about you? Oh, a lot already. <laughs> she can be described as not only a veteran, but as someone with a passion for keeping the industry alive and exciting. She currently appears on Fox 45, Fox News, WUSA 9, WBAL TV 11, and B more lifestyle channel as a recurring fashion and style expert and commentator, giving fashion advice, discussing trends, and occasionally serving as the fashion police for major award shows like the Grammys, the Oscars, and the Golden Globes. Woo! Please welcome the multi-talented and phenomenal fashionista, Miss Alana Ray. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. What an introduction. Oh, well, you know, we, we had to make sure we hype it up a little extra because I believe somebody on my team gave you a, 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 an incorrect time. So it's okay. It, it, it worked out. I like, you know how it is. Fashion, things happen. You just got to go with the flow. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. So first and foremost, let folks know where you're from. Man. Well, uh, Maryland, you know, I... I live in Annapolis and, you know, Baltimore has been my stomping grounds. It's really where I really started what I do. So Baltimore, I, I mean, I claim Baltimore. You know, I live in a county, <laughs> granted, but I claim Baltimore. Like Baltimore is really where I started um, with everything that I do. So I'm a Baltimorean at this point. Very, very, very nice. And I understand you've been doing this for... 16 years plus? More than 16, like so long that I lost count. That's how old I am. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if I had to guess, I would probably say maybe like 18 years or more I've been doing this, yep. Nice. And, and how did you get started in fashion? Because listen, let me tell you, every time I see you, you always look so good. You know, but thank you, first of all, thank you. I feel like with me, I don't think I really ever got started in fashion. I feel like it's just always been a part of me, mm. you know, just like 
Okay. Just, you know, when, when you grow up and, you know, people like certain things gravitate towards certain people and fashion has always been something that I feel like I had an eye for. It's something that I always enjoyed and I love and, you know, just natural evolution. is just something that turned into my career, my profession without even trying or intending to. It's just always been a part of who I am, I feel like. Uh, understandable. Un, un, very, very understandable. So yeah. we have some specific questions that my team put together. Some of them, I think, just because their fashion sense is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but they had some some very interesting questions that they, they was trying to, to come up with. So they put them together, and we're going to hopefully you can help them out and help some other folks that out there that, that, that might, be, might be struggling. Um, the one okay. thing, the one thing I know, it takes a good team for for anything. I think for any profession. Um, in in your experience, what is the key to developing a good team? The key to developing a good team is trial and error. Right, you mm-hmm. have to know what works for you and who works best with you. And I feel like I'm still, still trying to build a great team. You know. Um, it's just all about not being afraid to bring people into your circle and working with them. Like I love to, um, work with aspiring stylists, for example. Um, it gives them the experience and the knowledge because no matter, no matter how great you are, you had to have been, you know, at the bottom at some point in order to build to where you are. So I enjoy working with aspiring stylists and people who want to be in the industry to give them that experience. And along the way, you know, some of those people have been become a part of my team. So I just feel like it's like trial and error, you know, trial and error. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll take that. Now I I got a few more questions into the style piece, but I have to ask you, how long does it take to get your hair done? Because your hair always your hair always looks. I had this guy back in New York. His hair was always he had an afro, and it was never, never, never out of place. Yeah. Uh, tell us how. Um, it, it actually just got my hair done today, and it took about an hour and a half, maybe an hour and forty-five minutes. Um. So yeah, it, I get mine done every week. It was looking a little rusty, dusty earlier this afternoon, so I had to get it redone. So, yeah, I get my hair done once a week, and it takes about an hour and a half. Okay. Now, I know there's somebody that wanted to know that. I, I can tell you that right now. I know that was somebody's know. burning question, huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't judge me. I'm the messenger. It's uh, the, hey, hey, look, I ain't mad. So what, what, what are the common problems you usually face when dressing or styling clients? And, and how do you address them? Um, I feel like when someone wants a stylist, right, or they pursue a stylist, it's because they know that they're lacking something or they know that they care about fashion, but they, they know that they need help to get to a certain point. So as far as challenges, um, I feel like sometimes it's challenging to encourage people to try something new or try something different because a lot of people, including myself, we tend to be stuck with what we like and we repeat what we like. Like if you just like t-shirts and, and t-shirts and jeans, you wear that every single day and you don't want to try something else, you know? So sometimes it's a challenge to get people to try new things, but that's the point of having a stylist is like, 
learning from them and maybe expanding your your knowledge and your appreciation for other types of fashion and not being afraid to try it. Um, and then also sometimes, you know, when you see something hanging on a hanger in a store and you look at it and you're like, oh, I would never, never try that. But the job of a stylist, the job of a stylist, all right, is to see the vision of it. And sometimes you really do have to put it on to see what it really looks like and see if you really like it. So sometimes like if you're in the store, you might not ever buy or try on whatever you see hanging on the hanger because you think that it's going to be horrible. But if you have a stylist or even a friend or somebody who like encourages you to just try it, try it, try it, you never know, you know, you might love it. So it's just a matter of like trying. Uh, Okay. Okay. For those that are just joining in, we are talking with Lana Ray, fashion and style expert. Uh, If you have any questions, feel free to drop them in the chat box. Until then, we're going to keep plugging away. So for people that, you know, uh, have a limited budget, what clothing items do you suggest that they just don't skim on? Uh, Basics and um, clothing that is timeless, clothing that is very versatile, um, a great pair of jeans, a black blazer, um, a great pair of shoes, um, a white button-up. Uh, those things are not only not like not only are they very interchangeable, but they're never going to go out of style. Like certain pieces that you you can always wear and you can rewear, and that will take you um, far as far as like extending your wardrobe. Like we all love like things like what I'm wearing now. It's very unique, very different. It might be trendy now. It might not be trendy next year, right? So things like this are great, but if you're on a limited budget, you have to start out with the basic, classic, timeless um, pieces of wardrobe will definitely go a long way. Nice, yeah, that's what's up. That is a nice, uh, that is a nice top, unique. But you're always unique. Every time I can't, you know, when I see you, you're always unique. That's, I guess, that's part of being fashion. Right. Yeah. And this blazer is actually from a Baltimore designer, uh, Psycho Brandy over at Psycho. This is from her. So I am wearing Baltimore fashion today. So she's she's amazing. I love to support local designers, up up and coming designers, and especially ones in Baltimore because there's so much talent. So. Well, well, absolutely. Well, I, I will tell you, I'm expecting you to be at Art Taste 2021. Um, what's, wait, what's the date? Uh, September 5th. Okay. Sunday. It's all about Sunday, fashion, Sunday. food, and um, it's, it's going to be a good one. Fun. Okay. If I'm, if I'm in town, I will fashion definitely be in art, actually. Fashion, food, and art. So it's going to be. Yeah, I went to, uh, I went to, uh, I don't know if they had it last year because of COVID, but I think it was the year before I went to it and it was great. Yes. Yes. So that's going to be a good look. That's going to be a really good look. Um, If you could pick a celebrity that has excellent style, well, if you should pick a celebrity that has excellent style, the one that has terrible style, who Mm. would you pick? Excellent style, Michelle Obama. Yes. he gives me like a Jackie O, uh, very classic, very classy, timeless, clean lines, um, always looks like chic and amazing. So I really love Michelle Obama. I also love Kim Kardashian. Yeah, like she's a little more edgy, definitely a different, you know, style than like a Michelle Obama, but I still love 
like the minimalism, clean lines. Um, so those are two of my favorites. Um, there's an actress. Her name is Helena something. She was in Hocus Pocus. And she, you know, do you know who I'm talking about? She was in Hocus Pocus. She's very, very, <laughs> she's very quirky and very, she's not my favorite at all. Oh. Helena, uh, her last name starts with a B. I, but if you know, if you know Hocus Pocus, you know who I'm talking about. She's yeah. very, very, like, very quirky and unkempt. Um, every time I see her on the red carpet, I kind of like, you know, oh, cringe man. a little bit. So she's not my favorite, unfortunately. Oh, well, I'm 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 no celebrity, but um, I'm gonna might have to reach out for you for some fashion tips for this uh, art taste thing. I usually uh, Steve Steve, you know, different regard. He's another former guest. He's part yeah. of the, part of the show. He's gonna have a nice little showcase. So, yeah, folks, some things I can rock with. Some things that just wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't work for me. Uh, right, 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 right. Yeah, Steve's a great guy. Different regard is awesome. So I'm sure you you can't go wrong. Exactly. So, so tell us what subjects are currently you are currently following in the in the fashion industry. Oh man, um, I don't I don't know if I say I'm following anything specifically. Like when you're in fashion, you just kind of have to know a little bit about everything. So I'm just always scrolling and looking for trends. Like social media is where I get a lot of inspiration from. Um, it also depends on like what I'm working on at the moment. So that kind of determines what I'm studying or what I'm really into. Um, but yeah, I get, I get a lot of my inspiration and, um, you know, visuals from social media, honestly. Okay. Let, let's, let's talk about, uh, 321. Mm, my <laughs> yes. Yes. So, so how did you get started with 321 and, and let's also share folks how they can get a hold of your, your clothing line. So 321 uh, was just a thought. Um, it, I launched it right before the pandemic started. So 321 uh, my, is my birthday, March 21st, 321. Um, so that's where the name comes from. And I launched it on my birthday last year, right before the pandemic hit. And it just happened to be athleisure, athletic wear, which during the pandemic, you know, a lot of us were wearing uh, women we're wearing, you know, leggings and, and T-shirts and sports bras and, you know, all the casual stuff. Go ahead. I'm wearing leggings. No, no. Are you? <laughs> no, I no. wanted to say maybe some men, you know. I'm no, no. I made, that I made that up. I made that up. Uh, no, you did. You can tell us the truth. It's okay. I won't judge you. <laughs> Please continue, Lana. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, that's how 321 kind of came about. Um, it just happened to be kind of good timing during a bad time, you know, with the pandemic, but the nature of the clothing was perfect for being in a pandemic. So that's how that kind of came about. Um, my website is buy321.com, all spelled out. Um, so yeah, I'm in the middle of working on a new collection for that right now. It's just been, I've been so busy. I've been pulled in so many different directions, but I am going to have a new collection by the fall for sure. So very nice. Does that include some men wear? Mm, we'll have to wait and see. Okay. We'll have to wait and see. I'm sure you've gotten that question. Um, I have. Once or twice. I have. Um, I, I like, because it's so new, I like to focus on where it started out and make sure that that's done right before I kind of dive into the men's side of it. Because okay. I want, if I do do men's, like I want it to be right. And that takes a lot of time. 
Um, but yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I've been getting questions. So I'm, I'm hoping to, you know, add some menswear soon. Well, when, when it happens, we, Rich James, Be Exposed Radio, we want to cover it. You're going to be my first uh, male, you know. I'm going to hold you to that. Lana, I'm going to hold you to that. Are you going to wear leggings, though? What if I do male leggings? Hey, I will, whatever you put together for men, I will wear it. Okay. I mean, you could start a new trend and not even know it. Like the men with the leggings in public. Yeah. It could be a thing, you know? Like, Like skinny jeans. What's your thoughts on men in skinny jeans? Uh, as long as they're not too skinny, right? Like the whole European cut, you know, the tailored look is great. Yes. But when the when the skinny jeans start to look like leggings, that's a little too tight for me. Right. Personally. So as long as the skinny jeans are not too skinny, I'm not mad at it. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, speaking of uh, skinny jeans... What clothing items or styles do you think the planet is better off without? Crocs. <laughs> and I'm sorry for everyone who makes, who loves Crocs. I've never owned a pair of Crocs. I've heard they're comfortable, but I just can't get over just how they look. Yeah, I, I heard it was comfortable also. So we have a question from uh, a viewer. Jeremy asks, what makes something a trend versus fashion? Oh, I think trends can be started in different ways. Sometimes a a social media viral post or something could go off and that could create a trend. But usually trends are designed to be uh, predicted by designers Mm -hmm. on runway shows during fashion week. So people who don't really know how fashion shows work for like, for example, like a New York fashion week, they do the fall show before fall. You know, they preview what the trends are going to be, what the color of the season will be, what style will be, you know, so it's normally the designers who predict the trends during fashion week. And that's what the buyers pick up and that's what is on the blogs. And that's what the, the stylists are pulling, you know, for the celebrities. So like, Conventionally, you know, speaking, it's usually the predictions of trends are made by designers, but sometimes celebrities or viral social media posts can maybe like trigger some type of trend. Um, so, yeah. And, and do you do you attend those? You know, we have Fashion Week DC, Fashion New York Fashion, those types of events we can expect to see Lana Ray. Oh, well, if anyone wants to send me an invite, I will definitely come. Uh, DC Fashion Week, for sure, um, I've attended. I actually hosted one of their menswear fashion shows a few years ago. So Ian is a really good friend of mine. He's the producer of DC Fashion Week. And I also hosted um, a red carpet at New York Fashion Week a few years ago, too, for a Project Runway fashion show. So um, I'm not a regular, but I would like to be. So if anyone likes to, you know, invite people, just think of me. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I love to, though. I, I just It's almost like, you know, how some people like to people watch. I just love the fashion watch. So Fashion Week is a great place to, like, do both of those, honestly. Okay. Good, good, good to know. I'll keep that in mind. I, I got a friend that's <laughs> always invited me to these things, and 
I'm not the most fashionable. I'm the, I'm that guy will get the polo seven different colors. It's the same polo. Oh, see, you're one of those like you're stuck in your in your thing. And but that's your I, thing. I, I, no, I've been trying some some new stuff. I, I really have. I, I've been trying. Well, you some are new. here wearing a polo, so I don't believe. That. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good good observation. Um, I believe you. Back 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 to you. Um, <laughs> So what are what what are generally the best and most flattering fabrics to go for, especially in in warm weather? Oh, that's a trick question, right? Because in warm weather, a lot of people do linen, right? Linen is designed to be very lightweight, very breathable. I hate linen because it wrinkles so bad. Like you could sit down for five seconds and stand up and it's like, you've got all the lines. So linen for a lot of people is a great go-to when it's really hot outside or if you're going to like an outdoor event or, you know, if you know you're going to a cookout or you're going somewhere where you're going to be outside for a while. A lot of people do the, the linen, but I just, I can't get with it because of the wrinkles. It's yeah. it just, it's not, it's not good. But in general, just anything lightweight, breathable, even if it's like a cotton material, if it's flowy, mm. if it's airy, you know, that type of thing is good. Oh, by the way, thank you, Jeremy, for that question. Excellent question. Thank you. Thank you. Shout outs to Bourbon and Boy Shorts, those guys over there. Um, so, so, so what's, what's next for Lana Ray? Tell us what's next. Oh, this is going to be an exclusive because I don't think I told anybody what okay. I'm doing. So oh, yeah, let me let me key, let me let me key it up. We are about to get an exclusive here on Living a Rich Life Talk Show. Um, here only on BeExposedRadio.com. This this is an exclusive by fashion stylist expert Lana Ray. What do you have for us, Lana? Ooh, well, I'm actually coming to you from Atlanta, and I'm in Atlanta because I'm styling on a, a TV show on Bravo. Um, so that's what's next for me. I'm not on the show, but I'm styling two of the women. It's a new reality show that's going to be on Bravo. So I'm in Atlanta temporarily, um, working on a TV show. So I'm going to have, uh, an amazing credit for styling on Bravo, um, which I've never had before. So I'm really excited about that. And when it does launch, I'll be sure to let you guys know. Like, I haven't even posted about it. We're not allowed to. So I haven't posted about it or told anybody. Um, but yeah, so I'm in Atlanta working on a TV show for Bravo. And then also, um, we just wrapped up a movie. So I was working on set for a movie um, called Sin that's going to come out. I'm not sure. They just wrapped like two days ago. So I'm also here working on a movie set. And then they gave me a small part. In the movie, I'm actually going to be opposite Lou Gossett Jr., who is a legend, an act, acting legend. Yeah. So I'm in, a, I'm in a scene with Lou Gossett Jr. on a movie called Sin. Um, but yeah. Nice. So I'm here in Atlanta just working on some things and looking to just take what I do to a new level and like just lend my, uh, my expertise and my passion to a new city temporarily. So yeah, because we'll be looking for you back here. Very that's that's congratulations, first and foremost. Thank that's, you. That's, that's awesome. You can add it to your to your resume, which um, you know my folks share with me. It's pretty impressive. So this is not your first time in front of the TV. Uh, uh, it's of the- not. 
but every every opportunity for me is just um, it's just a blessing. Like I never expect any of the opportunities that I get, and I appreciate every single one of them. So I'm definitely appreciative, you know, absolutely. for everything that I do and get. Absolutely, I, well, I say keep doing what you do, keep being you. Um, we unfortunately, our time is short. Um, but I wanted to ask you this two questions I always ask my guests these days. And so what is Lana Ray's superpower? My superpower is that I am me. There is no other me. And I, you know, I know that I'm, I'm a unique person and I know I have talents and, um, I've just been blessed with so many opportunities to showcase who I am. And, um, my superpower is that there is, is that I'm me. And, you know, a lot of people, and I'm not talking about me specifically, but, you know, when someone say with you have an idea and you put it out there and someone tries to copy you mm-hmm. and it doesn't come out the way that you would do it is because they're not you. Right. And I'm not saying that that's happened to me, but it's just living in a confidence, knowing that no matter, no matter what, no one else can be you. No one else can do you better than you can. Mm. And it's just like, we all have to embrace who we are and, you know, put our best foot forward and just share love and, you know, be kind to one another and all that good stuff. So my superpower is that on me, long story short. Oh, I I, I love it. I love it. We're going to keep it right there. Um, So I I do want to thank you for joining. Stick around because we're going to do Living a Rich Life Closing Remarks. And I think what you said resonates exactly with um, you know, kind of where we're coming from uh, in terms of the show and this this episode here. I did have a photographer on earlier. I was trying to get you both on at the same time because, um, you know, photography and fashion, it goes together. Hand in hand, yes. Exactly. Um, yeah. So here's the one of the parts of the show that I do not like, and that's where I have to say goodbye. But before <laughs> I do, it's uh, Living a Rich Life Closing Remarks. Life can be challenging. The key is to keep focused, stay focused, and know your worth, no matter the circumstances. Keep shining even when it is difficult. Sometimes the darkest nights produce the brightest stars. Mm-hmm. Just like my guest here today. Thank you, Sharice May and Lana Ray, for sharing your stories. Um, if you have an inspiring story, um, please reach out to us livingarichlife.net, www.livingarichlife.net. You can also check me out on Living a Rich Life on beexposedradio.com. Again, Lana, I want to thank you. I do apologize for the timing confusion. Um, No worries. But we might have to do a recap and um, get you on for the the, the full 45, 50 minutes that uh, I like to pick your brain a little more in fashion. But I know we'll talk again. Enjoy. For sure. Enjoy yourself in ATL. I will. Um, Until next week, folks, stay focused and continue to be inspired to live a rich life. This is Rich James saying goodnight, and thank you for tuning in to BeExposedRadio.com. Good night. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Lana. Thank you. The fabulous.